This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC on location, San Diego 2019 Ursa show. I have the first interview here, the pleasure of having Andrew Hirschkorn from Eagle Merchant Partners, a fellow goalie and sports enthusiast. Andrew, welcome to the show. Yeah, Pete, thanks for having me. So you are, uh, through Eagle Merchant, you are one of the owners of the largest Planet Fitness franchise these and you, uh, you've got a, a storied background in consulting and in uh, in finance. So, why don't you give your your uh, personal background, and then we'll move on to what you're doing on a professional front. And it's a good way to start off the the show when we bring the first show and we bring capital to the industry. So, nothing like starting off something with money. Yeah, well, appreciate it again being here. Um, just for winding from Atlanta, Georgia, originally grew up a soccer player. Um, so, from an early age, had a had a fitness and wellness orientation. Um, but uh, coming out of school, I started in banking as an investment banker, as a lot of guys do. It was a big trend coming out of my school and my interests and uh, was lucky enough to hit it, hit the market right in the early 2000s and made the transition into private equity then. And that's where Eagle uh, ultimately was formed out of. So myself and, and three colleagues spun out of our capita about five and a half years ago and opened up Eagle. Uh, and, and, you know, a couple points on Eagle. It's a lower middle market private equity firm in Atlanta, uh, focused on multi-unit consumer, and that's where our United PF business fits in. And, and at our capita, you know, just so people understand that, that, that was one of the largest private equity firms in Atlanta. And um, I, I, at least from what I knew of them in my past, you know, 15 years in banking was that they were very strong on, on consumer branded businesses, multi-unit rollout. So, you know, as you were working there and, and when you guys started up Eagle Merchant, just maybe talk about um, the experience you get and like the comfort level you start to have once you say like, look, I've seen this concept, I've done this before, I can now move this to another industry and it basically I can replicate that model. So just give people a little yeah. lens into how you yeah. think. Yeah, that, that's right. So at our capita, we focused on on four core sectors. Three of those we took to Eagle. Multi-unit consumer is the largest. And so just for winding, we've been the, the franchisor or franchisee in several different concepts, including pods, which is portable on-demand storage, Church's Chicken, where we were the franchisor, Chicken Salad Chick, where we still are the franchisor, and then several franchisee investments. So I think, Pete, to your point, we've, you know, when we enter a new sector, whether it's restaurants, retail, or fitness, we have seen it at a large scale and also at a small scale. So I think there's, that was a lot of what we brought from our capita down to Eagle was the ability to operate and build larger businesses and bring that to the lower middle market. So when, when you're at our capita and, and now with Eagle Merchant, you see a lot of not just Planet, but you see a lot of different um, type of franchises. You know, some people come to us and they say, hey, I got this awesome brand and I've, I've sold these amount of units and then they send you the data and you're just like, well, the unit economics here don't work. So kind of yeah. like, you know, maybe take a step and say like, okay, here's kind of like how our process works or here's how like your mind works when you say, okay, I'm going to evaluate this opportunity, but I'm going to start with X or Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you hit on it. So we've, we've been in multi-unit consumer for, for, for about 15 years. And the first thing we'll look at are uh, the unit economics. So, I mean, that's the easiest thing. And if there isn't a, a long-term or, you know, or at least a multi-year multi view of that, it's tough for us. Um, we are not a VC firm. We're a growth equity firm. And so, you know, we are willing to fill in the gaps when there isn't perfect data. But I mean, we are 
you know, that was one of the reasons we got into Planet Fitness when we did was because looking at it in 14 and 15, when we really started digging into the industry, there was enough data there to have a data set and say, okay, it's still early innings here, but you can tell this is a proven concept. And the unit economics in a multi-unit business, our view is that is a crucial, one of the top two or three points to look at. If the unit economics don't work, it doesn't matter how many you build, you're not going to get you know, you're not going to get scale. So. Yeah, we, we've just as a as an aside, like we have people come in and they show us like the, a portfolio of ten different uh, uh, units that they have, and mm-hmm. and I, I inevitably ask like, okay, which one's the prototype? And it's like, well, not yet. Like the eleventh one's going to be the prototype, and that's the one you need. We need you to help me right. help us fund. And we're like, they're like, oh, for ten is like is oh, for ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and we did the original massage MB deal. And going back to your point of like taking risk on the unit economics, these were open like 18, 24 months. And you really need to have like a view on like, okay, are these things really going to perform or is this kind of a flash in the pan? So as you looked at, at the Planet deal, you got in. When did you get in versus when TSG came in and, and took over? control of the franchisor. So we we put together our deal with Trey Owen, who was the CEO, and, and JLM Financial Partners, who's our partner in the, the board and the ownership of the business in late 2016. So TSG was already in the for franchise. Year, they had been in for longer than that. And the, and the PF had also gone public <laughs> right around that time or a oh, little okay, bit good. before. Um, TSG later, as you know, went and bought in as a franchisee now, which was a which was a good thumbs up for the brand. Right. Um, but you know, when when we looked at it, um, we we really kind of canvassed the market. We looked at fitness broadly, and one of the things I'll, I'll kind of touch on here that we enjoyed, and I know shared this vision with Trey and JLM, and and also Chris and Dorvin at HQ, obviously believe in this. Is you know, there, there's a lot of tailwinds behind fitness. So yep. when we look at an industry. Uh, the unit economics we touched on, but it really was also about what are the macro tailwinds here? We liken it to, to being in a, in a river and a raft. And if the current's strong enough, you can paddle backwards, sideways, forwards, the current's going to carry you. Like and we that. really believe in the currents behind fitness. And we really zeroed in after we canvassed the industry on planet, unit economics, ability to grow, ability to scale within a a uh, franchise business where you have a very defined growth avenue. Those were a bunch of the of the attributes that we really like. And, and how do you view Planet? Um, you know, obviously, it's a public company. We're not going to go, you know, into anything that's that, that we shouldn't. Um, but but how do you think of Planet as like the entry point into the industry? And, and how do you? Um, every time I come on the West Coast, I go to In and Out Burger. Mm-hmm. Not the most healthy Halo related dish, great, but though. like they they don't have pizza on the menu. They don't like throw in a chicken wrap like they're like look i do burgers i do fries i do shakes and i do drinks if you want those four things i'll get you in and out and you'll have a great experience it's not going to cost you that much money and um you know in planet you know maybe there's like an urge to say like hey let's go do group x let's do daycare let's do personal training like how much do you believe in the the franchise or kind of saying like look this is what we do and we're not going to deviate from it and you are comfortable because you see your own unit economics and your team's like look we're going to run the play. Like I just showed you my like laminated, you know, that's my playbook. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, so how do you just talk about like as an investor in a franchisee, how you have to feel about the franchise or, and how you feel about it now without, you know, going to anything more than just sure. kind of like topical. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good question. So, so first off, ton of respect for what the franchise has built over the last 25 approaching 30 years. Um, I think to your question, one of the things we really enjoyed about Planet Fitness was the simplicity of the model. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris and the, and the founders of the business started stripping away amenities 
uh, and basically found that membership didn't leave. Right. And so I think, you know, one of the things that we we strive, at least in our group, and, and I know Planet Fitness Corporate does this as well, is stay true to who your customers are. And so mm-hmm. knowing your customers, knowing their journey, knowing what they value, uh, being okay, not being uh, appealable to everybody out there. And, and I think that that's fine. And so I think one of the things, you know, Planet Fitness, the judgment-free zone, the cardio, the weights, the locker rooms, the other amenities and the, and the offerings, it's pretty simplistic. It doesn't appeal to everybody. But to your earlier question, we believe, and, and you and I have chatted about this, I think the industry stat is somewhat misleading on what fitness penetration is, but it's low. It's right. low relative to restaurants where we came from, which is 100% penetrated. Fitness is somewhere in the low 20s, and right. it's going to grow. And I think a lot of that growth and stickiness is going to come in the value and convenience part of the market and to the you know, uh, beginning fitness and wellness member. And that's where Planet Fitness wants to be. We're fine with some, you know, at least for our brand, with some members graduating out of that. But, you know, we know that there's going to be strong entry into that market. I mean, the interesting thing that you and I talked about when we originally had our conversation was um, I'm fine with people graduating because there's more people that are going to enter. It's almost like, you know, like college admissions, like, hey, if you want to start at a community college, you want to start a four year program, you're going to inevitably go to business school. You're going to go and like, I just need you. I need you. I need to get you into the education system and there will be enough areas for everyone to win yep. and i feel like that's the same thing with planet and obviously 15 million people also say the same thing with their you know with their behavior in their credit card um the one thing that irritated me the other day when you're talking about restaurants i read this article that said restaurants are trying to accommodate the obesity uh movement not by like reducing the calories or the size of their dishes but by making the booths bigger so like larger people can fit in them and i got I get I get angry actually at things like that, and I also get angry when I see some guy in a uh, sweater on like a Trulicity, uh, you know, uh, blood thinner, and he's walking around, and they're like, "Oh, here's like, you know, you're gonna lower your uh, your cholesterol." It's like, all right, but you're also gonna have like suicidal tendencies. Like, go to the gym for six weeks, yep. and then let's let's decide. I want to do like gym versus drugs, so maybe we can get the Planet guys to uh, to, yeah. to to partner up with us on that. Well, I think I think that that's you've touched on two things that I want to hit. One, I, I think that you know to, to the entry point of of people coming into the market, fitness members, wellness members joining Planet Fitness. Halo, baby. there's there's a Halo exactly. <laughs> there's a huge overlap with the growth in the studio segment and people saying. I now have one or two functions that I can do at my studio. I like being a part of that community, but I also need the ability to have the stable, long-term treadmill weights and that environment. And I think that only plays to us. And then the second point is this is what really drives us. I know myself, Trey, JLM, Eagle is, you know, just being passionate about fitness and wellness and being involved in a business that does that for people. I mean, we're, we're also happy to be restaurant investors and in other businesses. This one really ties into that and it makes it, uh, honestly more fun, more fulfilling for our team all around. So. So two points. One is, um, we were working on on uh, Orange Theory deal, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a, a, um, a diligence team that uh, was outsourced that did some surveys, and they found out that uh, through their survey, forty percent of an Orange Theory membership base in this in this uh, in this state also had a, a, a health club membership, mm-hmm. which was awesome because basically someone's saying exactly what you're saying is like, look, I'll go to the studio six eight times uh, a month or ten. Uh, I think Orange Theory's got like an eight pack for 169, but I also have a Planet Fitness membership, so I'm basically, you know, playing on both sides. But I'm really serving and catering to a member that wants to work out more and wants right. two different experiences. I want to self serve and I want to, you know, full serve, if mm-hmm. you will. 
Um, and then the other part that um, when you talked about, um, you know, being in an industry that you like and, you know, part of our Halo initiative here is to try and bring in more capital. The more capital comes in, the more people can leave their consulting and jobs that they don't like and they can, you know, strap up and, and, and work in the sector. So um, my buddy was a uh, buddy of mine was recently talking about taking this job as a chief revenue officer of a subprime mortgage business. And I'm like, dude, do you really is that really what you want to do? Right. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Like you could change the world or you can like, you know, charge people 36 percent and kick them out of their house, you know, in two years when the market turns. Yeah. And, <laughs> and to totally agree. And there, you know, there are investments in all industries and sectors and you can find ways to make money. It's nice when you can, you know, pair it up with a passion of yours. But go going back to your point on on the overlap between you know, gyms, uh, multiple memberships, that's increasing. I also think that we, um, you know, with, with Eagle and JLM and Trey, did a bunch of primary research when we were putting together our original United PF deals, and we found similar, uh, similar trends to overlap in fitness memberships, rejoin, which is a big part of, sure. of people just, if you know, think about it personally. Over time, you've probably joined and left gyms many, many times. And then also finding one thing that I still think uh, is, is a big uh, component of Planet Fitness's winning value proposition is convenience. Sure. I think people outside of, of being uh, very loyal to a studio or to a certain concept, it's it's about convenience. That's one of the reasons why people join a gym. It's one of the reasons why people leave a gym. So I think we're out there trying to bring affordable, convenient wellness and fitness, and, and it's working. Yes. Yeah. So. One of the points you made here about uh, people going in and out of out of clubs, and that's okay, because I just want to make sure that I'm one of the three choices that they have when they want to either change their life or, or they move or, you know, they get a flexible spending account. It says, oh, yeah, you can, I'll pay for your health club membership. Uh, a private equity firm said, yeah, attrition's too high in that industry. And I'm like, look, I've lived in three different cities in the last 10 years. And I've had 10 different health club memberships, and I went through each one of them. So I'm 100% like, I'm uh, attrition. Right. But I'm also 100% paying member in yeah. the sector, right? Yeah. So um, I think that's something that people need to kind of get off of the soapbox about, you know, what's the attrition? It's like it keeps coming and it keeps going, and that's just how the sales machine works. Well, well it's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a massive point that we had to – we struggled with and ultimately got comfortable with when we entered the system. If you think about it, we came from a bunch of restaurant investments – Guess what attrition is there? It's 100%. Every single day, yeah, you exactly. have to. You still you have zero no every day, right? <laughs> exactly. You have no recurring revenue. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, at least in the gym business, you actually have visibility, and there are ways to impact that attrition. And we've been focused on that and seen it come down significantly. And, and that's a part of, you know, what the brand is doing, the power of the brand, the convenience, and, and the value and community. Honestly, the community and judgment free zone, I think, is, is a big deal. If you, if you have your members, feel connected and, and feel a part of the, the movement and be proud of what they're doing at whatever fitness level they're at, they'll stay. Right. And also, if you're kind to them when they need to leave for whatever the reasons may be, they'll rejoin. So Yeah, totally. So um, l let's change the conversation to, um, you know, private equity and, and why an entrepreneur should work with private equity. When are they ready to do that? And what do you guys bring to the table, you know, to really facilitate the growth? Because a lot of people who say, oh, I did a private equity deal. That didn't work out. And, they, you know, they walk around this trade show and say, oh, don't do a private equity deal. And I'm like, look, here's the pros and cons. And, you know, you, you're, you're getting a job yep. and you're an employee and you've got, you know, a lot of upside. Um, but, you know, capital speaks and, and capital can make things happen that you can never do on your own. And you can't personally guarantee your way through life.
Exactly. So talk, talk about what you guys bring to the table and how you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, to your point, it's not for everybody. And and I honestly think that you know, uh, private equity, quote unquote, there you know there are also different versions of how that can play out, whether it's a majority minority uh, in investment. But I think you know the things that I would say as a quick commercial about private equity and then about our firm in general are. Um, you know, we, we generally, because of the nature of where private equity enters, that is not the entrepreneurship stage. It's not, it's not VC. We're looking for businesses that have some established value proposition, that have some form of leadership, that have hopefully earnings. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, we are hoping to provide structure, strategy, support on building your team, support on capital raising. But capital is honestly a commodity. I mean, look at what we've done within Planet Fitness as, as a collective group of United PF. There are firms out there with larger access to capital. It's not that. It's the team that yeah, has been sure. built. And it's the ability to have, you know, when you're sitting there as an individual franchisee or owner, uh, you know, it's it's the ability to have a board and partners who are thinking about different aspects of the business. And especially with what's happening in fitness right now, it is to some degree a bit of a land grab. And, sure. and I think the ability to think and function on multiple avenues, whether it's building real estate, building your operations team, approving sites, uh, you know, and then also finding the capital for that, it, it becomes a bandwidth issue. And I think if you're open about what your goals are as a as a business owner, and you would like partnership to get there, I think it can be I think it can be a compelling partnership. So. Yeah. So, um, you know, first of all, where did the name Eagle Merchant uh, Partners come from? Just so people know the the lineage here. Yeah, it's well, we we spun out of our capita um, and and decided on on a on a uh, merchant is actually a throwback to merchant banking, which was taking capital off your balance sheet as a and and investing primary capital. It's kind of one of the genesis of private equity. So sure. we wanted kind of a historic name, and then Eagle is is. Uh, Something that we were just passionate about—a strong kind of uh, symbol. Um, there was a lot related to, uh, to you know, military approaches. Even though none of us has actually ever been in the military, it's about the rigor and the structure and the team building. And so, it's kind of a culmination of all of that. Um, the merchant aspect gets the most focus, so we just go by Eagle now. But yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so, but before we close here, since we're both fellow uh, goalies, yeah. um, and uh, I did this podcast, somebody says, like, you know, how, how did, like, growing up shape who you are today? Uh, and my response to that was, look, I, I was the goalie, so I never scored any goals. I just needed to make sure we didn't lose. And other people were responsible for winning. So when you think about, like, private equity, you say, okay, look, there's a CEO of this business. I've got guys that are that are and women that are basically in the field, and I'm basically like the private equity guy, and I'm almost like the trampoline or the goalie for this business. You know, how do you feel about, one, you know, being a goalie and, and probably the humility that had to come with that as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Um, two, like how that's kind of shaped who you are today and, you know, how you think about, like, what your role is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad we share that bond because there aren't many people. When people say, oh, you, you were just, just a goalie. Well, you are a part of the team, a compelling part of the team. And I agree. If it was 0-0, yeah. zero, zero, I've done my job. Exactly. exactly. Um, but, I'm, you know, a couple things going back to soccer and being a goalkeeper, I think it provides, and this is one thing I've taken into the business world, it provided a good view of the entire field. Interesting. You were, you were in and out of the actual flow of the game, but you were constantly seeing both the offensive and defensive side and able to be a bit of the quarterback of the defense in midfield. And that 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 I've really enjoyed and, and tried to take into business. And, and I also think that, you know, one thing about a goalkeeper is there's, there can be one moment in the game where you can change the game or, or not mm -hmm. if, if you don't make the save. So I think that's one of the things is knowing when 
to double down, when to step in, when to be aggressive, and when to also back off. But I mean, it took, as you know, a ton of training to maybe make four saves in a game. Yeah, sure. So yeah, one, one thing. Um, yeah, and I, I was playing. You know, I, I actually started because I didn't want to have to run around, and I used to like eat a lot of ice cream and cake and candy from the ice cream man. Um, but then I got good at it, probably as, as you did. Um, one of the things that I was always like, you know, I was sacred about was when I yell keeper, you got to know that I'm only yelling it because I'm getting that ball. Yeah. And otherwise I'm not yelling it. Like yeah. it's up to you guys. So, you know, in, in private equity, it's kind of an interesting analogy as we're talking through it. I'm thinking through this is like, you got to yell keeper sometimes and be like, guys, like you're the management team, but we got this situation and I got to solve it. Whether it's a, a financing, whether it's like some crisis that may happen that, that you guys haven't been exposed to. But I've had exposure to this in the restaurant industry or, like, I've seen this movie before, like, Keeper. Like, let, let me do this yeah. part and you guys you run your play and I'll run my play. Yeah, uh, and, and I think on that, it, it's, it's amusing that you bring that up because that was one of the early things. So I started being a goalkeeper in middle school. I moved backwards from being a sweeper because okay. our keeper got injured and I ended up being pretty good at it. But, um, but I mean, you, you're exactly right. One of the things you're taught is when you yell keeper, you better get the ball. Yeah. That's, that's not a false call. And so I think, I think you're exactly right. I mean, when, when we need to step in and support the team and, and help make decisions, whether, whether positive or negative, um, you, you got to follow through. And accountability is a big thing that I think you can bring from sports, you can bring from other areas of business. But I mean, that was one of the things as a goalkeeper was got to be accountable. You're the last line of defense. You got to be there. You have to have trained. You got to know what you're doing and you have to be confident in your move and see it through. And I think that's, that's a lot of what we bring to the table here. We, we do not in our businesses try to be out front of the management team. Right, right. We pick the industry, we pick the business, we back the management team, we build them, we help build them, but then it's really their plays to run. We just want to be there to help, you know, make the decisions and steer the course of the ship when we need to. Great. So, um, you know, just staying on the Planet Fitness side for a few minutes, obviously you guys have had, you know, amazing success and, and, and a lot of growth and, and scaled the business and, and, and the team. Um, you know, private equity obviously has time horizons. Um, you know, how do you guys internally think about, like, we got this great management team, we got this awesome company, why are we ever going to sell this thing? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, 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 it's as if you know the debate that goes on around our firm a lot. I mean, around United PF in, in general. I think, I think the, the one thing that we know is, is there is still a lot of growth ahead of us. I mean, we're only a little bit over two years into this business. We've made some add-on wow. acquisitions. We've built a ton organically. And one of the things that we really like about the business in general is we control our destiny with organic growth. It's going back to unit economics. They're phenomenal. Yeah. And so I, th I think we are um, excited about what we see in front of us. We've built a management team that can scale, and it's a pretty unique asset. So to be honest, you know, uh, we are in the business of returning capital, but we've also owned businesses for 10 or 15 years. And this is one that, that has a real likelihood under certain dimensions to be a very long-run asset. We talked about the tailwinds, the river of the industry, and the team we've built. It really is built to to acquire and build clubs, and we're having fun doing it. So there's no, no immediate plans on that front. Gotcha. All right, so in closing here, I want to uh, thank Andrew for coming on. If you need capital and you're looking for structure, strategy, and support, Eagle Merchant Partners should be on the top of your list. Welcome to the fitness industry. As you know, once you're in the fitness industry, you will never get out, so you'll be a lifelong member of the, of, uh, the Halo sector. And I uh, look forward to working with you guys and uh, checking in on your success uh, over the years. Well, appreciate it, Pete. Thanks for having us. Appreciate the time. You got it.